welcome to Global Business with Mahesh Joshi. Uh, today we are going to discuss uh, the important phenomena of modern times. It's one of them. It's called distraction. How do you run your business? How do you run your companies in the age of enormous data overload? And the consequential distractions from data overload plus many other things. I have with me Gaurav Rastogi, a corporate yogi I call him, from California uh, to discuss the impact of distraction in the information age. Gaurav is the co-founder of an artificial intelligence uh, startup called Infinote. He started that after a long and a successful career in driving sales transformation at an $8 billion software company. He's an MBA from uh, the India's number of program, IIM Ahmedabad. He's also authored two business books. He believes that the future of work is going to be very different from the monolithic corporate model that we are all familiar with. Companies will tap into distributed workforce that are shared with other companies and that as employees will mix work and learning in quick cycles. There is another side of Gaurav Rastogi, which I find very intriguing and very interesting. Uh, he's a unique personality. Gaurav is the founder of a non-profit, Mantra Chakra, that promotes healthy living through meditation, yoga. Uh, he's a meditation teacher with advanced yoga credentials and has also authored one meditation ebook and a podcast on meditation called Living Meditations, which is available on iTunes and many other medias. Gaurav is also known as Akras Gorak, which is his spiritual name. Welcome, Gaurav. Namaste, Mahesh. Happy to be here. Uh, the industrial age is over. It's gone. Let's start with that. Uh, now, for our listeners, some argue that we are entering the fourth industrial revolution, while others call it an information or digital age. But my guest today has convincing evidence that the right name for our times is the distraction age. So, Gaurav, why are you calling this the age of distraction? You know, every age um, you can measure by what people value in that in that time and clearly from the time of the east india company to uh, to fairly recently what's been valued by societies has been industrial prowess and the companies that have been valued and of course the key measure of value for our modern times is market capitalization and if you look at market capitalization sure industrial companies have ruled the roost uh, across across uh, uh, many many decades and that's why we've looked at all this as an industrial age. But the new age is not an industrial age, even though uh, there's a lot of hype about whether this is the fourth industrial age or, uh, or uh, this is the information age and so on. But if you look at truly what the culture values uh, and looking only at market capitalization as a way of determining what the culture values, in 2011, in the top 10 companies globally by market cap. Six of those companies were oil and gas or industrial companies. 
But if you look at 2017, the end of the year, if you look at the top 10 again, you'll be surprised to see what's, uh, what's out there. These are companies that are by most discernible audience would be considered distraction merchants. These are companies that have made the art of distraction or that have weaponized these uh, the weapons of mass dis distraction, as you might want to call it. And so in 2017 end, the top six of the top 10 companies, six companies are these merchants of distraction. You look at Apple, Google, Facebook, uh, Tencent, uh, Amazon, I'm sure, uh, and Microsoft and so on. These are companies with three to four trillion dollars of market capitalization. And for a majority of these companies, they're not uh, so-called digital transformation companies as much as they are uh, distraction companies. How do we know that? Let me, let me give you a, a, you know, a fun uh, side story. A couple of weeks ago, uh, as we record this, the stock price for Facebook fell suddenly overnight. And why did it fall? Because Mark Zuckerberg, the founder and CEO, said that he expects, in quotes, the time spent on Facebook and some measures of engagement will go down. Essentially, the, the street uh, realized that people, that, that Zuckerberg is signaling that people will spend less time being distracted on Facebook and therefore decided that they're going to sell the stock because clearly uh, this stock is being rewarded for how much distraction it, it offers people. So if you look at what the culture values today, three to four trillion dollars of market capitalization, just in a few handful of companies that you can name with one hand and maybe one other finger of the other hand. Those are all distracted merchants. That, that, that's a great observation because as you gave the example of these companies, that they are creating mass dis, uh, distraction, either providing the equipment or they are actually providing. Uh, great example again on Facebook that the distraction is being monetized and and the investors are appreciating that monetization. And if it is not there, as you gave the example, that less distraction, less time on Facebook and it is being punished. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and see, the thing is, that's how the system set up that the more attention you can steal away from people, the more mind space you can occupy in someone's time and someone's life and, and rent out that mind space that you and I, in our mind, we have mind space, renting out space in our minds for other companies to serve ads on that tell us that we need to buy X or Y or Z things. And so clearly, we are, we are of course, willing, willingly cooperating with these companies by buying new smartphones, using uh, new social media tools, uh, and checking our phones ever so often. We're doing this in a way that keeps us distracted and uh, we're seemingly happy in the short term, but extremely unhappy and dissatisfied in the medium to long term. And this distraction is now being monetized and companies that are and monetizing our distraction are now worth three to four trillion dollars. That's the stuff uh, that uh, the modern age is made of. To, to finish off the arc, we started the first question with the top six companies of the top 10 only six years or seven years ago were oil companies. The top six companies of the top 10 now are distraction companies. So I, I give to you this, data is not the new oil. Distraction is the new oil. Mm. True, true, true. And, and, and if you, if you, if you look at it, 
in terms of distraction, there were distractions always, but now they've got magnified. Uh, uh, so, Gaurav, would it be correct for me to say that if I go back a few years, uh, the, the, the distraction would be people distracting you when you're focused on something, trying to do something, or could be the phone, and there could be other media, it could be TV, radio, others, but the newest piece is the enormous amount of data being put in front of you in, in many different ways, messages, text messages, emails, plus the whole a bunch of social media coming in very different forms which are even catered to certain genders, certain age group, certain tastes, they've gone so deep into you. So the distraction level has magnified, the technology is being used to bombard you with so many things, like a tsunami coming, whereas earlier, yes, there were some distraction, people distracting, phone distracting. Well, distraction, human beings have looked for distraction since forever, I would imagine. Uh, if you look at uh, what the Indian yogis were doing as, as uh, the original knowledge workers, because, of course, they were in the business of, of knowing uh, the essence of reality. And they were also trying to learn how to walk away from distractions. So distractions is not, is not something new or something that uh, we haven't dealt with before. The challenge is that now distraction is highly addictive. And it's highly addictive because the same kind of science that went into uh, you know, the tobacco, big tobacco or big snack and so on. The same tools are now being used, but super weaponized because algorithms are, are doing all the hard work. So if you look at, you know, tobacco companies maybe a few decades ago, and, and they thought of themselves as the they're in the nicotine delivery business, right? And, and of course, they knew that this was addictive, so they were trying to figure out ways to get people hooked. And they would use... Uh, uh, analog or organic methods of finding out, which is they run focus group, they run a little test in some city, figure out how to get kid hook, kids hooked on it, and how do you how do you get people onto this nicotine habit? And then then you look at food merchants. If you look at you know if you read the book Fast Food Nation, you know that that food companies have spent a ton of time figuring out what color combination, what price combination. Uh, what kind of smells should should you be uh, greeted with as you as you walk into a, a restaurant? How much salt? How much fat? How much sugar must your food contain? What kind of labels will encourage you to buy? They spent a lot of time figuring out how you make chips that you can't just have one of. Right? No one can eat just one of these chips, and that used to happen before a lot of this. Uh, weaponization happened. So imagine the same kind of process, but now running with algorithms that are working overtime on super powerful computers that are now beginning to understand our addictions more than we understand our addictions ever or we've ever understood in, in the history of humanity and running tests and learning and running tests and learning again and figuring out how to make things more and more and more addictive. And so anyone who's in this food chain is, of course, is in the distraction delivery business, analogous to the nicotine delivery business. And anyone who's in the distraction delivery business is interested in figuring out how to keep us hooked. What kind of vibration alert, what kind of little blurb on the smartphone app, what kind of updates or, you know, a little haptic touch feedback can you, can, I, can you give the user to make this entire thing completely addictive? So to, to sum up, distractions have been around forever. 
But now, distractions are addictive like nothing before, and algorithms are working over time to make these distractions more and more and more addictive. And all the companies that are in this business are being rewarded for keeping us distracted. And hey, we're all complicit in this, in giving away our attention span, giving away our attention and 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 becoming slave or drone like in just you know checking our phones every now and then so yeah this is the absolutely the age of distraction there is no confusion in this correct and as you rightly said even the market is um, uh, is is kind of supporting it sure monthly average users look at the statistics they use right uh, that are used to track monthly average users time on site number of times you check into this website all of these are measures of how distracted people are. And those are being monetized and those monetization have been uh, supported by the stock markets. That's why, as you rightly said, the top companies in terms of market caps now are all the whiz kids from Silicon Valley, where they used to be the oil kings or the oil barons in the past. They have replaced them. So got a fantastic discussion. I think you summarized very well that it is age of distraction coming from all over and the merchants of uh, distraction, which you call the, or the providers of weapons of mass distraction are getting rewarded in uh, probably the most easily valued uh, way, which is the stock price that people no, are investing into. I find it, I find it only, uh, only a correct that this conversation is between someone in Houston and someone in Silicon Valley. There you go. <laughs> Good, Gaurav. We will take a short break and we'll continue our discussions after the break. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Private equity firms have over $1 trillion to invest. They are the biggest funding source for growing companies. Why do they reject 98% of deals? How do you get the right deal for your company? Join Kevin Fechtmeyer and his partners on the Deal Team 6 to uncover the next winning deal and avoid the financial landmines. Deal Junkie, Cracking the Private Equity Code, is broadcast live every Wednesday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time and 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take Voice America on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. the market's up or down, or if you're looking to improve your portfolio, our experts are ready to talk to you. Call now. Toll free. 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network.
to Global Business with Mahesh Joshi. And today we are having a very interesting discussion with uh, my so-called corporate yogi, Gaurav Rastogi from California. So uh, information, age, information Age Company talking to the oil and gas guys here in Houston uh, about the age of distraction. So in the first segment, uh, we understood that we are moving away from industrial age to digital age. Maybe we are transitioning a little bit through the age of distraction. So Gaurav, uh, how would how would you say what's the impact on uh, on human being of this distractions and and what what do you suggest one must do in such an environment? Yeah, well, you know, there's uh, three things to note with respect to distraction. We've already covered the fact that distraction is everywhere and it's 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 what defines our age. Uh, the first thing to notice is that distraction is pervasive. It, it's, it exists everywhere. It's unavoidable. And we are being continuously interrupted and distracted everywhere we go. We're surrounded by it. The next is this pervasive distraction is highly corrosive. It's corrosive not merely in terms of personal productivity. It's pervasive for economies. It's pervasive. It's corrosive rather for individuals, economies, uh, our personal relationship uh, with people around us, with ourselves, and ultimately creates physical and emotional stress, and we should talk about that. So the second thing to know is that it is highly corrosive, but hope is at hand. It turns out uh, distraction is not a permanent uh, situation. You can reverse distraction, even in today's day and age. You have to now persist against algorithms that are, of course, highly primed and know more than we do about our own nature. But we can persist and uh, unwind or undo this uh, habit of distraction that we've picked up. And frankly, to be able to succeed in the world as, as it's emerging, this age of destruction and distraction, being able to reverse distraction inside is going to be a key to success in the future because... As, as human beings, you know, we're, we're now going to look at AI and automation taking away jobs that require low attention span or low expertise. On the other hand, algorithms are working hard to keep us highly distracted. So, so on the one hand, keeping us distracted. On the other hand, sweeping away jobs that require uh, low attention. The only way to, to, uh, to now think about the future is to be able to not be distracted, hold on to the attention, and then, therefore, be able to excel and even thrive in this age of destruction because all this destruction is, is actually creative destruction. New industries will come out, new jobs will come out, new types of work will come out, but they will not come out from people who are distracted. And so to survive and thrive and do well in this age of destruction and distraction, being able to uh, reverse distraction is going to be important, and we should absolutely talk about how. Mm -hmm. And you know, uh, I, I read a report by Deloitte years ago, it is not the most latest, that in America, the Americans are uh, checking their smartphones almost 8 billion times a day, which basically means the average number of times being checked times the number of smartphones and number of people. That's how it is showing. And as per uh, the last year's study by New York Post, it says that they're checking almost 80 times a day. 
I think that that number puts it way beyond the 8 billion numbers. See how big that distraction is. There seems to be, it's not a distraction. There is some kind of separation anxiety with your own phone. Yeah, uh, there's of course the, the phantom phone thing where you feel that your phone in your pocket is buzzing and or not buzzing and you're concerned about it. Uh, these are interesting factoids and maybe we should stop this conversation while I Google it on my phone. <laughs> Yeah, well, the thing is, again, human beings are, of course, primed for distraction. This is, um, we're we're just looking at the weaponization of the techniques uh, that humans are are uniquely designed for this sort of, uh, you know, being uh, being swept away and and letting our attention be stolen. Sure. Uh, But uh, you look at, in the last couple of decades, what's happened is, there was a BlackBerry uh, phone which had come out and which, of course, immediately got called CrackBerry because uh, people were checking their phones all the time. You remember those days, right? Always having this thing and checking it at 2 or 3 in the morning and, and so on. Uh, this is similar to how, you know, if you look at lab rat experiments, uh, and, and, and there have been lab rat experiments where if they press a lever, if they, if they press a lever, then they get some food. And uh, and every time you press the lever, you get some food. That's great for the rat, but it became even more addictive if you press the lever and sometimes the food came, sometimes it didn't come. And now this rat is absolutely hooked. He's going to press that lever all the time because he doesn't know when the food might come, but he does know there's some sort of a linkage. It is exactly like checking your email or your Facebook message. There's something for me. If you look at it, the number of users... See, I think Facebook has more than 2 billion users. And, and similarly, uh, well, YouTube still, you're watching something and Facebook, you're waiting. You're either sending a message or getting a message. YouTube itself has billion and a half users. And the Chinese company for chat equivalent to WhatsApp, WeChat, has got almost uh, more than a billion users. That's a huge number. That, that's unbelievable. And almost... Uh, I saw a number somewhere that almost less than half of the world population, almost three, three and a half billion people are on Internet nowadays. And and, and you can see the inflow of how many people are joining the social media. I think I had numbers somewhere that Facebook and WhatsApp uh, are handling 60 billion messages a day. 60 billion messages. So the population is seven. At least everybody is getting close between eight to nine messages a day. Average, but I'm not saying everybody is on Facebook. It's only two billion people. But if you see 60 billion divided by the Facebook and WhatsApp users, you can see how much is the messages flowing back and forth, and how important they are. And on the yeah. other side, if you see how people are good getting hooked onto it, were not there between the second quarter of 2017 and third, almost 120 million people, new people came on social media. No wonder the stock market is rewarding those companies because they are getting people in front of them. They are getting people uh, visiting their sites. It's working. Whatever distraction uh, they're peddling, it's definitely working. Now, I I don't know if if many decades or or centuries later, people will look back and feel sorry for the people who weren't on uh, social media or sorry for the people who were on social media and actually missed the revolution while they were thinking about it. Uh, the, the pervas- so distraction is highly pervasive because now you look at the number of people who, are, who have smartphones and have access to 
their you know early morning uh, good morning friends messages on whatsapp is just uh, is rising rising every month and every quarter the time uh, and and so more people have access to it and earlier it used to be well we were checking emails and and text messages now it's email social media in the form of facebook twitter also text messages also colleagues and friends and um, and so there uh, there are distractions everywhere and there's no running away from that if you live in you know the modern world then you're going to you're going to be hooked into it one way or another because everyone's peddling this 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 fear cycle uh, um, uh sort of story that if you it's called fomo right fear of missing out if you don't check your email or twitter or social media feed or how many people liked your post then you're missing out on some sort of social engagement and so you keep checking in it's driven by this fear and all the news we get is negative news all the uh, because frankly again uh, if if dog bites man uh, it's not news man bites dog it is news so you're getting the strangest worst possible news uh, through these media these channels and and the world view we are creating for ourselves around us is is one of frenetic fear and um, and froth right there's stuff going on and you know it's imminent some some kind of disaster is lurking around the corner every day it's a new disaster every day some new challenge that we are facing as a as a society but you think about it you look around think things are collapse is not quite imminent uh, it's it's certainly not this very minute or this next half hour right the the frenetic pace of this 24/7 news cycle is driven by all this pervasiveness again and and again there are companies that have focused on how to um, how to create those subject headers in a way that uh, people click right so clickbait clickbait headlines clickbait um, uh, emails all of this is designed uh, based on algorithms that have figured out what works and what doesn't and and so this pervasiveness is hard to get away from you really have to be a hermit on a high mountain and or maybe you have unless you have good internet there in which case you probably are not alone as well but it's very difficult to uh, to not be pulled into this vortex because it's so pervasive everywhere all the time and it's always breaking news somewhere something or the other is is infuriating the heck out of us today this moment yeah and everybody wants the news also quickly to reach them and they're looking for it so sure. what you see with the facebook users more beyond facebook even if you see twitter instagram look at the impact on the younger generation instagram has more than 800 million users and if you go uh, what do you do in instagram photos you're sharing photos so quickly there and the same thing with snapchat Uh, it's astonishing how the younger generations is younger generation is getting into it 178 million users 60% of who are less than 25 years of age so from the initial stage itself they're getting used to this fast dissemination of information from their side even sharing things so it may be distracting somebody else with whom you're sharing yeah it we are creating it's a mutually assured distraction right uh, in that sense that we are creating distraction with each other we forwarding junk mail but much i want to say i will not be pulled into an ages conversation about how snapchat or instagram or not yet that's not a conversation you'll get me into 
But that said, uh, uh, I mean, very clearly we are perpetuating it. We are now getting used to it, and we are holding up our attention. And we're, uh, we're essentially gifting our attention to somebody else, an algorithm or a network or some other, you know, faceless people. And we're saying, hey, I'm going to put something up. Tell me how much you like it. And then I'm waiting to, to refresh and see how many people have liked uh, my thing and so on. So now what's happened is I no longer have uh, control or access to my own, more, more, my own attention. I, I I have now given it away completely, partly as being distracted myself and partly paying attention to somebody else being distracted by whatever it is that I sent them. So it's uh, completely, um, um, and we've caused it ourselves. I mean, these companies, uh, God bless them, they did not start out being evil. They, uh, I don't think in their own minds uh, people who run these companies are uh, have the intention of being evil. They're only giving people what they want. Yeah, actually, it's pervasive, but the pervasiveness has been multiplied by the acceptance of the users. So they have allowed it to happen. So when yeah, one said, yeah, so Gaurav, thank you so much. Uh, we, it's a time for a short break. We will continue our discussion after the break. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. your company's marketing plan. Could it use a little help? For most businesses, the answer is yes. Tune in each week to Marketing That Won't Break the Bank. Host Janet Kunst and her guests will show you how and where to bring your marketing to the next level. Each show will feature action strategies that you can implement right away and see results. We'll make this easy for you. Start by tuning in every Wednesday at 12 noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. Whether the market's up or down, or if you're looking to improve your portfolio, our experts are ready to talk to you. Call now, toll free, 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network.
welcome back. You're listening to Global Business with Mahesh Joshi. We're having discussion with uh, Gaurav in California on the distraction in our day-to-day life. Gaurav, great discussions in the uh, first two segments. We talked about uh, what is distraction, then we talked about it is pervasive. Uh, let's move on to how corrosive is distraction. Distraction is highly corrosive, even though it, it, it feels like it's something sweet and, uh, you know, and harmless. It is highly corrosive. There are different ways to look at this problem. You could look at decline in personal productivity. All these interruptions are, are, are not allowing us to get into the, the, the sort of depth of our own being and, and solve problems with uh, the full power of our intellect or our, our passion and energy. So productivity is one way to look at it. Engagement is another way to look at it. If you look at companies that run employing engagement tests, uh, you know, surveys and so on, engagement with the work, engagement with society, uh, engagement with the self, all of these are, are impacted. You look at process breakdown, things that require continuous attention because a human agent has to be involved. Uh, those processes are breaking down. Most notably, if you look at uh, some of the recent train accidents that have happened because the driver was probably texting at 80 miles per hour when they took the turn, all of these. And then the physical and emotional stress that this causes uh, individuals. So it's in all these ways, distraction is highly corrosive. And it's important to think about what it does uh, to our body, as well as our mind, as well as to our workplaces and society. Let me give you an example. Uh, this is an older survey, so I'd imagine that thanks to all the, the hard work that uh, algorithm-based uh, distraction companies are, are doing, it's probably more potent. But it, the survey was, uh, I think, uh, over a decade ago, and the company found that information workers lose an average of 10 points of IQ because of distraction and overload. That's dangerous. That's loss of yeah. IQ, that they are not able to use the capability which they have. So it's just gone right there. Yeah, it's like your smartphone is wearing a T-shirt that says, I'm with stupid. And, that, and that's us. We just lost 10 points of IQ, probably more now. Uh, another another study that, that said uh, that, that distraction increases, and this is like a two-decade-old study, Distraction increases the time it takes to do complex chores by 20 to 40 percent. That's another loss of productivity. You lost your uh, thinking powers, your intellect, 10 point drop in IQ, 20 to 40 percent more time is needed. So now the effect is magnifying. Yeah, and, and what it does is uh, people are working longer hours. People are dealing with more information overload in a in a situation where they cannot handle any more information already because they're distracted, right? Your mental faculties are not in one place because you're dealing with 10 different things, you know, you know, distractions, all of them. And so information overload is really about an attention shortage more than the information itself being in excess, which is also the case. But it's more a story of how we are so distracted that we are unable to handle the information. So another study, said that two-thirds of the companies feel that their employees are overwhelmed by, uh, by work. And that's not a surprise either, because if you think about 
you know, people are, you know, generally feeling stupider because their IQ just dropped. They're taking longer time to do their work. Their attention spans are now, well, this is anecdotal and completely bogus study, but shorter than a, a goldfish. And, and then you look at people uh, feeling overwhelmed by the information of, uh, that's coming at them. So is it a surprise that people are feeling overwhelmed? And that feeling of being overwhelmed now shows up in, in, in physical stress as well as emotional stress. People are, are feeling disengaged with their workplace. People are feeling disengaged with their communities. People are feeling disengaged in their relationships. How many people do we see on the subway just looking at the phone and, uh, and not looking around or families traveling that are all each individually checking their phone and not uh, engaging with each other. And so, so we're, we're uh, absolutely letting this distraction, this runaway vicious cycle of distraction uh, get to us at our core. Our connection with ourselves is now broken. It's now mediated through the smartphone. We know what we know because we have Googled it. And so, so a lot of, a lot of our own connection to ourself is being, being mediated by our distractions. Uh, what we know about others, we know because they have liked our post and, and, and therefore they know something about us and so on. A lot of this, this is a very vicious cycle and it's very corrosive. Uh, the thing is, if you're, if you're working on some complex piece of work, uh, and you're being distracted, uh, then it takes you between 10 to 20 minutes to recover from that distraction. Absolutely, because it has got your cognitive reorientation cost there. Like you had to switch. So interruption yeah. could be just one minute, but the return time may be, as you rightly said, we made many more minutes. Context switching is, is very difficult for humans to do. So we now have to, this will like slots in our attention sort of. If we move it this way slowly, then we'll generally slowly move it to another. But if we are unable to focus on the thing we're working on, because before we get to it, we've been distracted away, or we feel we should just check this thing on Google because it's an interesting factoid that you must absolutely research right now. And you know how that goes. You're on Google, then you find something interesting, then you read that, then you decide you want to post it on Twitter, then you want to also check Facebook, and of course, you fix it two hours. That's a vicious cycle of, of time waste that we got used to. And it's a cultural phenomenon. It's no one can deny that this exists because everyone, everyone, all of us experience it. But the corrosion is real. Yeah, and that would impact all of this put together would definitely impact the creativity of human being, the you know the the innovators like the engineers. One is just executing the repetitive task. Maybe okay, the switching time may be less for them to get back to that. There is a reputability, but the innovators, the guys who are to do pure innovation, creating new things, this could be a serious issue. Yeah, I do these workshops on deep work, which is based on Cal Newport's book, uh, Deep Work, the, 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 the phrase itself. But the workshops I do, we talk, uh, we, I work with, with, you know, startup teams and corporate teams, and we talk about how most of the work that we really hold ourselves accountable for requires deep work, which is the ability to hold our attention on that one topic for 80, 90, 100 minutes at, at a time. Because only then can we bring our full faculties to there. Anything that can be done in shorter time frame 
is probably something that a computer or an you know automation will be doing in in the very near future. So when when we do these workshops, we realize that um, and and I talk people through uh, and in a later segment we'll talk about this. But when I talk people through you know how to get full control of your awareness in 90 minutes, people report that they have done more than the entire week put together. Just 90 minutes. And why is that? It's simply because we we are now so used to give it, being distracted that we have we don't notice it anymore. That we are no longer paying full attention to the task at hand. And every creative work, like you said, every uh, innovative work requires attention. In a different conversation, Mahesh, you and I were doing, you led with this this thing that you know that stuck with me. You pay attention or you pay the price. It turns out most people are paying the price. That is true and you don't realize how heavy the price is because nobody has monetized in front of you. Here is a price for that. Well, somebody has monetized. We talked about how people who are, you know, uh, being paid for distracting us are worth three to four billion dollars, trillion dollars. So you can say that's the price of our distraction. <laughs> They're somebody earning billions. Yeah. Well, you know, um, very good points because the, the corrosiveness is so strong that as you give the example of the train accident, so with the distraction, you lose the situational awareness. You don't know what's happening around you. Like if you see the people sitting in a train nowadays, or in a subway or anywhere else, even in a beautiful scenario where they're driving through a beautiful scenery in the train, they may be busy with their distraction. They may not be enjoying the beauty of mountains or the fields or snow or something like that. Now the situational awareness is not only uh, depriving you of enjoying some of the beauties of nature and many other things, but it can cause accident as was the case in case of that train, but people walk in the stairs, there are a lot of such things. And also it can lower their output in a business situation if they're not aware of their situation, if they're too distracted. And the other one uh, which I was thinking that if if you're distracted so much, uh, you get used to distracted. Like if you, is it like you're running your business with email? Like you are running or is the email running you and then you're running the business? Which one is correct? You are supposed to run with your mental capabilities and email is a tool. But nowadays, if we send, even if you have not received anything, we send an email, we expect a response. And then yeah. the distraction is forcing you to think why the other guy is not distracted, me, yeah. or given the response, sorry. So you feel distracted or you are distracted because the, the quantum of distraction and the speed of distraction is so high that you want an immediate response. You expect it. Yeah. And and that uh, that is all of this is corrosive, this uh, this virality of distraction like you talked about is is corroding our relationships as well. We send a response, we expect a response back and so on. All of this hits us and causes us to be unhappy and dissatisfied uh, with our places of work. We are not engaged with work. We are, it may causes us to be unhappy in our relationships. It causes us to be unhappy in ourselves. And a lot of people end up looking for ways to now fill this satisfaction and happiness and fulfillment gap in other ways. 
you know, turning to drugs or extreme ideologies because they feel they some sort of connection, some sort of of of, of sort of a glimmer of of um, of a way out of this uh, continuous disconnection. Correct, and you don't get the sense of satisfaction of having achieved something every day if you are getting distracted, because that yeah. feeling of having accomplished or finished a task is very good, and. Uh, Definitely, as you mentioned, the major cost beyond the distraction is a cognitive reorientation cost. That's huge. If, if a, a, a one-minute distraction is causing you 20 to 40 percent of the time to get back to work or 20, 30 minutes to get back to the place where you were to, to again switch it back to that point. So thank you, uh, Gara. We'll take a short break and we will continue our discussion after the break. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. If you currently or aspire to serve on a board or work in a leadership capacity for or with a public or nonprofit organization, where can you turn to get the best advice and practices? How about Leadership Matters with Dr. Cheryl White, Linda Schub, Gerald McFadden, Andre Howard, Tom Wall, and Rihanna Absar? Our program discusses challenges facing both public and nonprofit leaders. Don't miss these practical solutions and tips to enhance your leadership style and effectiveness. Leadership Matters airs live Wednesdays at 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Business Channel. The future of online TV is here. View exclusive content from your favorite talk radio hosts and new programs that you can't see anywhere else. Visit voiceamerica.tv today. We're always talking business. Talk to an expert. Call now. Toll free. 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. to Global Business with Mahesh Joshi. We are having very interesting discussions with Gaurav Rastogi, uh, our corporate yogi, about uh, the distraction, uh, that we are living in the age of distraction. And in, in the first section, first segment, we talked about the magnitude, the scale, and who's causing, how it is getting caused. Second one, we talked about the pervasiveness of the distraction. And in the third one, we talked about how coercive the distraction is and how it is impacting us. Now, Gaurav, in this last segment, um, would like uh, our listener to hear from you. Is distraction reversible? Can it be managed? 
Sure. It's, this, is a, this is the message of hope uh, from today's conversation. Distraction is absolutely reversible. Just the way that, that we're able to uh, become completely distracted and let our attention be, be stolen away, we can get our attention back. It is absolutely possible through deliberate practice. So I'll talk about a few things that you need to know. And, uh, and then uh, some other time I can describe the whole process of deep work. And uh, in fact, I have a podcast recorded on, on deep work as well. Now, distraction is reversible. And it's really important for people to understand that this distraction, this habit of distraction has built up over time. And it's, you know, the, re- the reason we're always checking our phone, the reason we're always checking our, our email and Googling things and so on is because we have let ourselves form into this habit. Once we're aware of this habit, if you remember Charlie Duhigg's work on on habits, you find there's a cue, there's a habit, and there's a reward. The cues are, are essentially we're feeling we're not doing anything right now, let me pull out the phone and see what's going on. So if you can catch it at the cue level, change the habit or and the reward, then you're able to rewire your habits. This is extremely important uh, that it is completely possible using the same mechanism that we use to get into the habits we can use the same mechanisms to get out of the habit. Instead of checking mail 20 times a day or checking Facebook 30 times a day, you can, you can do something else. Maybe go for a walk and you know, just say, okay, now it's time for me to walk a thousand steps. And if I do a thousand steps, then maybe I'll reward myself with checking my email. Chances are you're, you're not going to do it. Uh, you'll do the walk, but not uh, check email. And at least you've deferred it. And now you've got control over your attention. That's important. Deliberate practice is extremely important. This won't happen um, on its own. This won't happen infrequently. So you need persistent, deliberate practice. Uh, put it on your calendar. Check check yourself every day. Ben Franklin used to keep a diary. Ben Franklin, the founding father of this nation, uh, used to keep a diary, and he would check off saying, okay, did I do this? Did I do that? Of course, he was tracking social media use. Or uh, certainly not modern social media use, but but he was tracking off his habits and he was uh, figuring out ways to keep on track and deliberately move to being the person that he wanted to be. Uh, keep in mind this output equation that high quality output is 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 equal to time spent on the activity into intensity of uh, of action. Now, what's happening is because we're distracted, uh, already, exactly, your intensity is already, uh, you know, compromised by having your smartphone in your vicinity, and that immediately lowers the IQ. Uh, and then, but you see, time times intensity. And what happens is because we're distracted, we're, ab- we're not able to uh, pay attention fully, so our intention, intensity is lower. And so we take more time. Forming a habit of meditation. If you're a professional, and I say this to everyone I meet, if you're a professional and you don't meditate, then you're just wasting your time. And people think they don't have time to meditate. And that's exactly the opposite of the real situation, which is if you don't meditate, no wonder you don't have time for things that you want to do. Because you're so distracted. You're so, um, you're so, low intensity in your work that you take longer to do things that you want to do and you never get to the things that you really want to do. 
right? And so if you're a professional, you must learn to meditate and make a habit of resetting the mind every now and then, you know, three, four, five times a day so that you're back, your, your attention is now back in your control and you can spend it on the things that you want to spend it on rather than the other thing. You get more done in the day if you are able to hold on to your attention. And so uh, deliberate practice is important. Learning the secrets of deep work are important. Understanding the output equation are important ways of, of realizing that the reason we're not able to get work done is we're not paying attention. So let's pay attention. Let's learn to pay attention. That brings us back. There's another thing that people need to know that uh, brains can rewire. Um, and there's this process of myelination where there's a new neurons that are connected to each other. Uh, neurons are always sending out tendrils and connections into each other. And that's how we remember things. And that's how habits and pathways are, are determined. And there's a oil sort of myelin sheath that covers the neuron axons that are going from one neuron to another. And that sheath protects the pathway, the habit. And, and so this is a process called myelination. What way it works is the more you do something, the more it's reinforced. And the more it's reinforced, the more it becomes permanent. And right now what's permanent is this habit of distraction. Because that's the, the neuron, that, those are the axons, the connectors between neurons that have been reinforced and made permanent through the sheath. But you can build completely new pathways and rewire your brain. So rewiring is absolutely possible at all ages. You just have to form a habit out of it. And you have to consistently do it. And over a period of time, you will realize that you have rewired yourself. You're a whole new yourself that is distraction-free, uh, organic and distraction-free, both in this case. And so that's the next thing you need to know. Habit forming is another thing that people need to know, that habits can be formed. So this is a, a famous thing amongst habit forming uh, community where um, there's, it's called the Seinfeld method. You can Google it, but please don't Google it while this, you're paying attention to this uh, conversation. Uh, somebody asked uh, Jerry Seinfeld, how is it that you're one of the greatest comedians of all times? And his thing was, well, I write a joke a day and you know, some of those jokes are good. So the question is, how do you write a joke a day? That sounds like a simple technique. But he says, well, I have a calendar, physical calendar. And I take a Sharpie and I cross out the day I made a joke. And now three days later, I have a chain with three days. Every day I look at the chain, I say, hey, don't break the chain. Don't break the chain. Yeah, and now the challenge is not to rewire your brain, which sounds like a daunting Himalayan sort of task, but something as simple as, hey, I got a good thing going. Let me not break the chain. Let me just one more day one more time, just do this piece of work, hold on to my attention, and my chain of not checking my email, not checking my phone, not responding to social media, let me just not break it by one instance. And this one instance you've added to the chain, and now you got the chain going a little longer. That's how you win. That's how you get control back. Finally, uh, you need to recognize that, people need to recognize that Meditation is not a luxury. Meditation is not something that's only reserved for uh, you know, hermit-like yogis up in Himalayan caves. Meditation is a necessary professional skill. If you're a professional in the world today or you're a student in the world today, you have to learn to meditate 
because it's the only way you can respond to the stresses coming at you. It's the only way you can hold on to your awareness. It's the only way you can direct your attention at the thing you wish to direct it to. And it's the only way you can uh, you can reset a distracted state and come back to a place where you're now fully grounded in yourself. All of those are possible with meditation. And so it is not a luxury. If you're a professional, if you're a student, if you're someone who wishes to excel in whatever it is that you do, you have to not only learn to meditate, you have to practice to meditate, and you have to think of yourself as a corporate yogi if you're a professional. Correct. So basically, it looks like, you know, we are, we are heading towards the end of our program. Uh, Gaurav, thank you so much for explaining it so beautifully and providing a solution also. So first we started with scary. It's scary the, the amount of distraction which is coming up and how it is so pervasive that difficult to prevent. It's going to come. You, you cannot uh, control it. Maybe you can be participatory to let it come. And the third one was how corrosive it is, how, how it can damage you and how badly it can affect. You know, as you said, how the performance goes down and then your IQ's uh, level gets impacted and um, it, it's affecting you in your productivity. And then also uh, the attention residue which you're carrying by switching tasks. And lastly, it's, it's, it's very, very good to know that it is reversible. You, you can prevent it. You can prevent the, the distraction coming to you. And who can prevent this is only you. It is not somebody else. And, and you have to practice it. And, and very, very nicely you said, like corporate yogi, that reminds me, uh, you don't have to be a yogi sitting on a mountain. Yeah, I'm saying, why a yogi was sitting in a mountain? Because he wanted to distract from everything else and focus on something. Here, now that distraction level is so high that you can't go to mountain to distract and work. So what practice you should follow? to cut down that distraction which is coming to you from various sources is one is meditate and, and have uh, the philosophy of deep work as you said, uh, the, the focus, the intensity of focus, what you can get there. So that's where you need a corporate yogi, uh, may not be like an athlete who is going for building repeat muscle memory, but even to go there to become a corporate athlete, you first need to go there. You need to avoid the distraction, be fully into it. Even on a physical training for an athlete, you'll be putting in time plus intensity of focus. That should not be bothered. Look, intensity is what we're about. We're talking about. There's really no distinction between an athlete and a yogi in the sense that uh, a yogi is also an athlete, but is now able to also bring their attention to bear. So the important um, takeaway for people is is very clearly. Uh, distraction is big business. This is the age of distraction and there is no ambiguity about it. This is not information age. This is not the fourth industrial revolution. Very clearly, this is the age of distraction. That means distraction is weaponized, it is pervasive, and it is highly corrosive. To ourselves, our societies, and our companies that we work with, it is highly corrosive, but it is completely reversible. Correct. Only, only we have the ability to... Uh, to reverse it for ourselves personally and to to influence the people around us and not participate in this vicious cycle of distraction and deception. Perfect. Thank you so much. Uh, very interesting discussion, uh, Gaurav. We will continue the other aspects of uh, our uh, discussions on how to lead 
in the age of uh, continuous massive or you call quantum distraction and destruction. Thank you. Thank you very much.